This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. friend, former president of the World Bank Group, Mr. Malpass served as an undersecretary in the Trump administration's Treasury Department. He also served under Ronald Reagan and Papa Bush. He's almost as old as I am. He's been in public life almost <laughs> as long as I have, maybe longer. Uh, happy July 4th, David Malpass, and to Adele Malpass. Thank you, and, and to you and Judy and to the country. July 4th is a giant event for people to remember uh, what what it took to found a successful country, and I think we should do that. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I've just given a brief lecture on that, as I do every July 4th on the radio. David Malpass, we turn to your favorite subject and mine, the economy, or the lack thereof. And my simple question to you at the beginning here, we have a nice leisurely half hour together, what is Bidenomics? <laughs> Middle out, bottom up. What does that mean, David Malpass? And incidentally, is it working? So, so what, a couple observations on that. We have dangerously slow global growth. So one of the things that's happening is the world is changing. And I think in many ways it's giving soft power to China. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's causing instability or dictators to look at their opportunities and and try to make a run for more power. So that's one consequence of the slow global growth that's going on. Uh, a point that strikes me is we're losing the checks and balances that were part of the founding of the country uh, mm -hmm. in terms of both spending and in terms of the activities of the Federal Reserve. It's not just in the U.S. It's in the advanced economies as a whole. The central banks never used to buy bonds. Now they not only buy bonds, but they choose which exact type of bonds to buy. It flattens the yield curve and it benefits the rich at the expense of everybody else. So we have this Brand new, uh, impossible to analyze uh, uh, policy. And on the spending side, I think we have as, you know, right now, CBO just came out last week with their forecast, 7.3% average fiscal deficit for the next 30 years. So mm. it's unimaginably large uh, fiscal deficits into the future. No one's ever analyzed that or said that it's possible at all. I don't think it is to be, have that big uh, drain on the global economy. Where is all that money going to come from uh, to do 7.3% every year? You, you know, in the past, if you got to 3% once, it was a giant red line. You did that, uh, Larry, at the beginning of the Reagan administration. How do we get it down to where it is a, it is a uh, feasible? Uh, and so in many ways, we have going on right now the Great Society and the New Deal 
all at once, meaning mm-hmm. the amount of spending that's coming out of this is as big a magnitude change in policy, fiscal and monetary policy, as we've ever experienced. And, I mean, one consequence that I'm pretty sure of is the rest of the world won't have enough money. Well, I think, you know, all this spending in the, just the last couple of years, that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot or too much spending before then. But particularly the last couple of years, almost $6 trillion of new spending. I mean, you know, David, I can be very cynical here, and it it just looks to me like it's a big grift. It's a big grift. It's a Biden grift. He's spending for campaign donors, for large corporations, woke corporations, climate corporations, democratic interest groups. It's not helping the economy. It's damaging the economy, and it's also propping up inflation, and we're going to pay for it by printing more money. As you say, central banks, our Federal Reserve, will keep buying bonds issued uh, by the Bidens, all right? And I hope it comes to an end with the Republican in the White House next year, but we don't know that. I mean, they'll just keep printing more money, so we'll have more inflation. And my other point here is um, Mr. Biden talks about the middle out and the bottom up, it's the middle and lower income classes that have been hurt the most from inflation, haven't they? I mean, real wages are falling. Average hourly earnings down 3%. Average weekly earnings down 5%. I mean, they can't catch up. People may have jobs, but the jobs aren't buying what they're supposed to buy. That's right. The front page of the Wall Street Journal has the one about people can't get their cars repaired. Uh, and so mm. they're, they're, the supply chains are backing up uh, around the world on the things that people want. So not only do they uh, have, have to pay too much for, for compared to their budget, but they can't get what they want. And so that but I, I want to emphasize this point that that would be that might be OK if it were a one time thing. What CBO is saying is that they're baking it into 30 years of the United States uh, policy. And Japan and Europe are doing are doing that as well. So if you're sitting if you're one of the three billion people sitting in poorer countries, you look askance at this, you say, what is going on? We're never going to have a way out of this. And that's that's what concerns me from a fragility standpoint, a global weakness standpoint. It's dangerous for the U.S., for everybody. Why can't we unleash prosperity? <laughs> Why can't we have a rising tide lifting all boats? We, we, we can. And you, you know markets respond instantly if there's a positive policy direction. So it wouldn't take very much. But... Last week, we saw the Fed say it may take years to get out of inflation. Mm-hmm. So that means you're, you're, you're locking in the ratchet, the upward movement in price, because if, I, if I've raised my price 15% already, which lots of businesses have, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to lower it. If the, if the Fed is saying inflation is here to stay, I'm just going to lock in that higher amount. Whereas if, if someone had a policy that said there's going to be more auto repair uh, people, uh, and the parts uh, will go, you would have a disgorging. You know, people are hoarding. The first reaction that people have when they read that Wall Street Journal story about uh, auto repairs not being available is they make an appointment for auto repairs. You know, they pull <laughs> forward the demand. Right. Yeah, so right. the, the, the goal, I think, is to push back, the, to say, look, 
there's going to be plenty of stuff. The factories are going to really be growing, not the consumption, but the factories are going to be growing. And that means that all of a sudden, I think, we would be able to see inflation go back down. But, David, is this auto repair for gasoline-powered cars? Because the Bidens don't want a gasoline-powered cars. Part of it is the industry, I think, is shifting over to electric vehicles, so you can't buy the parts that you need. But it's all, it's all through the supply chain. It's getting the parts into the U.S., it's making enough parts, and it's having the workers to uh, distribute them and then to install them on cars. And I think, really importantly, it's this pulling forward of demand. So all over the world, people are hoarding because they've been told that prices are going to go up in the future. So they say, well, I'll buy it now, which Mm. distorts. uh, the, The other big distortion is this distortion of capital flows. If you've got central banks that are really playing a fiscal, you know, they're, They've blended over onto the fiscal side where they choose which government bonds to buy. Um, and so that really means that the monetary policy and fiscal policy are not in, are not independent of one another. They're, they're going together. And that means if you're an investor, you want to put things in to, you want to buy things that the Fed is going to be buying and they're buying bonds like crazy. So that explains the inversion of the yield curve, I think. That inversion, by the way, if you go back to the um, the New York Fed model, uh, that inversion of the yield curve, short rates higher than long rates, rate, the curve is upside down in effect, uh, shows now a 71% chance of recession in the next year. What do you think? Yeah, um, um, so I... I watch the value of the dollar. You see uh, gold prices falling. The dollar is strengthening. So it's clear that the U.S. monetary policy is having some, uh, you know, drag on the economy. Uh, But I do think that we're in, a, you know, this completely different policy world. The the previous inversions of the yield curve that you're talking about uh, weren't under a condition where the Fed was the major buyer of the bonds. So I think it's hard Hard to predict. Well, I, I think that clearly the economy is slowing simply because of shortages of goods, and so you're going to you're starving the oxygen out of the economy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. What do you think Biden means? I'm being quite serious here. The middle out and the bottom up. I mean, you know, Newt Gingrich calls this big government socialism where they're trying to use fiscal policy 
and monetary policy to direct the economy, David Malpass. I mean, that is the antithesis of free market capitalism. One of the ways governments do that is through subsidies. So it's the direct amount of money that you spend on ethanol or you spend on uh, uh, electric vehicles, the batteries. And and so the government takes money from everybody around the world, and especially from the poor, and then puts it into chosen uh, subsidized Mm. industries. Um, So I, I think that's a that's the simplest way to think about it. The, and the, this is not just the U.S. Uh, you know, at the World Bank, I really uh, tried to get countries to stop taking money from the whole economy and giving it to their friends or their favorite, favorite, uh, favored mm-hmm. industries. Uh, and yet that's what politicians like to do, and it's hard to stop them. That's why I come back to this checks and balances. I think there has to be, you know, constraints. Um, that on the on the spending and on the central banks, because otherwise the natural tendency of politicians is just bigger and bigger. Isn't that basically what Biden's done here? He's just spending a fortune on his uh, preferred industries. And I think to some extent, to a large extent, actually, to his preferred interest groups. I mean, he's scratching every Democratic itch all along the way with this override of Green New Deal climate change. I don't see how that helps middle class. I don't see how it helps lower income people. I don't see how that solves poverty. I mean, if anything, the inflation has made everybody significantly poorer in the last two and a half years. It is a way to have the gov- what the government wants uh, to, to, to push it into the economy. I don't so much want to focus on the, on the political side of it, but the economic side, uh, I think people really have to think about that this, we are in completely uncharted territory as far as the size of the government spending. So this, you know, I, sorry to harp on it, Larry, but 7.3 over the next 30 years fiscal deficit mm-hmm. is beyond anything uh, ever imagined in economic theory. Nobody's ever thought about their, that being possible. So the U.S. is using its full historical credit worthiness to borrow all the money in the world every year uh, for the purpose of, uh, of, of pushing it out to where the government wants it to go. And that has consequences uh, that we don't know. It's uncharted. I mean, I'm certain that Milton Friedman is turning over in his grave. But I actually think John Maynard Keynes would turn over in his grave. This is not what Keynes wanted. Yeah, and and typically the U.S. (laughs) at least had the idea that every once in a while there should be a balanced budget, right? Right. I mean, think about that. Keynes didn't want this either. I know Milton didn't want it, the late, great Milton Friedman. uh, (laughs) But I don't think Keynes wanted it. Keynes wanted it as a temporary stimulus. Uh, You and I aren't crazy about that idea either. But he didn't say permanent stimulus. He didn't say 7.3% per year for the, for the remainder of, for, of all time. I mean, it's insanity. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to come back and tell us how we get out of this mess. And I'm not going to let you off the hook because I want to know how we can go about unleashing prosperity and uh, generating a rising tide that lifts all boats. Larry, I think uh, there has to be a focus on, on uh, production and output. As you know, where the 
focus right now is is reducing consumption to the point where uh, where people can't raise prices. Well, the problem with that from the interest rate hike side and the government spending side is people just produce less and less under that scenario. So I think you can go back to uh, an economy that's uh, that's vibrant, that's robust. We saw an example recently. I-95 had this bridge collapse in Philadelphia. So the first estimates were, you know, it's going to take six months. And then somebody said, well, let's have a penalty incentive clause contract so that if it's done earlier, somebody makes more money. So immediately uh, they they saw a short uh, a, a way to shorten the production cycle. So I think that can be done throughout the economy uh, and that would help everybody around the world. The burden right now is the U.S. is soaking up so much, and not just U.S., Europe and Japan, all of the world's energy resources, the world's uh, capital resources uh, uh, for for a declining population. And so there really has to be a rethink that starts from scratch, that we're not going to run fiscal deficits. Uh, you know, the government spending can't keep going up at this pace because there's just not enough money in the world, in the whole world, to pay for it. And the regulatory burden has to come down. I mean, Biden has increased regulations enormously. I think it's a very anti-business administration. I think it's the most anti-business administration since FDR, Dave Malpass. And you're not going to produce if you're regulating, and you're not going to produce if you're taxing. And yes, you're not going to produce if you're spending. And by the way, those spending programs have unbelievable regulations attached to them all of which is like a, a conspiracy to prevent production. Yeah, and that that has to do with, uh, you know, each time the government passes a law, it's a little bit vague, and then the the, uh, the uh, administrative branches come in and try to, try to uh, uh, expand their turf. So, uh, you know, again, I think there has to be a full rethink also from the congressional side that if you're passing a law, make it clear enough that, uh, that the that the people writing the regulations know what they're going to do. Now, uh, that takes leadership, I think, uh, strong leadership from from the uh, from the executive branch. That's true. Uh, again, I'll say, uh, you know, the in in what, one of the competitions that the uh, advanced economies have is China has this uh, decision making power. So when they decide to, to uh, you know, they made the mistake of having the COVID lockdown go on for three years but then they figured out oh we we're making a mistake and almost overnight they uh stopped it late it was in november of 2022 i i was one of the first ones in after they stopped and they had done a full rethink they say hmm there's high youth unemployment which is a real problem for china so here's exactly what we're doing to change our system in a way that will make it better into the future um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, anti, uh, I'm no fan at all of communism. They have the Communist Party running it, but there is a decision process, uh, that's going on that's, uh, that's faster and more precise than what we're doing. That's dangerous in the defense sphere, uh, but it, uh, is giving them opportunities in technology and other areas that are really concerning. Well, you think, you think China will overtake us? They have a much bigger population, so I think their dollar GDP will go above ours. Um, but we should think of it as, will it be a more successful economy than ours? And I w- would say absolutely not, except 
uh, that CBO just put out this report that for 30 years we're going to make a mistake that China would never make. You know, they don't have this kind of fiscal deficit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, their economists would, uh, in fact, our U.S. economists, as you point out, Keynes and Milton Friedman would look at the policies <laughs> that we're running and say it will never work. It could never work. There's no textbook that says this could work. So the question now is... Uh, we need to cut spending. We need to reduce regulation. We need to roll back all these new regulations. Casey Mulligan of the University of Chicago, whom you know, uh, has been guesstimating. He's got new models up. Uh, the Bidens have, uh, over the next 10 years, are going to have well over a trillion dollars of additional regulations. And also the Bidens, you know, they snuck in some pretty big tax hikes, particularly on corporations and smaller businesses. I mean, we we need to unleash some economic freedom, do we not? We we do. Uh, two things that I'll you know in the CBO numbers from last week they show that tax the tax take of the government is going to go up mm-hmm. starting in twenty twenty six. And then a second thing that uh, the projections show the Fed puts out projections that it's going to start buying bonds in large size starting in 2027. Uh, that's in the New York Fed's uh, financial statements. Uh, that, and so what that means to the private sector economy is the government is buying bonds. So I better do things that produce bonds because the government is a big buyer of those. And that just slows growth. That's a, like a dead weight on the economy because what you want uh, the, the economy to feel is there's going to be short-term loans for businesses so they can build up their inventories properly and put in uh, new equipment, short-term kind of financing. But instead, the Fed is buying bonds. So you're going to sh- – uh, I mean, we've already done it. We've shifted the whole economy toward commercial real estate and other things that are not needed. All right. David Malpass, thank you ever so much. Happy July 4th weekend. Folks, we're going to take a break. The other side of the break, we're going to bring in our great legal analyst, Greg Jarrett, who's going to talk about these earth-shaking Supreme Court decisions, earth-shaking decisions that actually move us toward freedom. I'm Kudlow. We'll be back.